Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I'll say this: I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed coaching Teddy. I enjoyed, you know, the opportunity to get to know him. You know, I'm certainly wishing Teddy nothing but the best as he moves forward, and, and I'm going to do everything I can to support him and help him as best I can. As far as you know, everything, you know, it, it is when you know the guys care about him, or our staff cares about him, and uh, you know, hope he, uh, uh, you know, and he'll be he'll be good. I, I think he's got a long career ahead of him. You know, something that happened, and we moved on from it, and, and again came out and played a really complete game, which I gave our guys a lot of credit for. Uh, when you had something like that happen, you, know, you don't know how your guys will respond or, or, or what will happen with your team, but you know, we came out and played inspired basketball uh, for 40 minutes, and, and that's, again, exactly what it took uh, to win a game like this in the Big Ten. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washick, continuing our conversation about Nebraska basketball. This segment of the Husker Online Show brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill. If you're in town here for Girls State Basketball or Boys State next week, no better place to go in between games to watch games, get food, cold drinks, um, Tanner's on 30th and Yankee Hill. They'll have all the Husker basketball action on as well as Nebraska playing Thursday and Sunday before they'll play Wednesday, Robin, in the Big Ten tournament next week. As Yeah, either as the 14 or 13 seed. So, yeah, and, and that takes me to our next point. I mean, who would have thunk a week 10 days ago there would even be a shot right now of getting the 13 seed? I mean, it looked like Nebraska was the lock of the lock to be the 14, and they're a win away against a team that's playing pretty poorly right now in Northwestern in winning in getting that 13 seed two games in a row. Obviously, they go to Iowa for a very tough game Thursday, but then in Evanston Sunday for what appears to be a really winnable game on the road at 12:30 Sunday. Yeah, I mean, three weeks ago, the the question was, would this team lose out in conference play <laughs> and basically go two and. 38 and Fred Hoiberg's first two years in the Big Ten and uh, the tone has definitely changed since then and you know as we talked about in the first segment uh, you know Nebraska just played in many ways its best game of the Fred Hoiberg era in fact I don't even know if it's a conversation at this point that was the best 40 minute full effort uh, performance that we've seen from this team and uh, you know for, that's especially impressive when you consider it was their 12th game in 24 days and uh, all the other stuff they've had to go through on and off the floor uh, not only this team still fighting but they're getting better and that's a real testament not only to the coaching staff but to the players themselves to be able to find a way to you know I guess continue to take steps in the right direction despite all these hurdles they've had to overcome so uh, now they have a real interesting opportunity over the over the next you know couple games here where um, you know you get the, the extremely winnable final game against Northwestern who you know they're they got off to a hot start, uh, but they've totally fallen off the, the cliff from there. And then in the Big Ten tournament, you know, who knows? It depends on who they're going to get matched up with. I think the last projection I saw, they were going to have Michigan State in the first in the first round, which 
Right now, that would probably be a tough challenge because Michigan State all as the, sudden, in, in the 14 game or the 13? As game? a 14 seed. So, so if they were getting in the 13 game, who would be the pop, pop? Indiana? Well, I mean, it all depends on how. The, it's basically just a jumbled mess right now uh, as far as the conference standing. So, I mean, a lot to be determined over the next couple games. But, um, you know, 13 or 14 or not, it's going to be a daunting challenge. But, I mean, you kind of reevaluate your, your expectations where, you know, a couple of weeks ago you thought it was going to a no brainer one and done. What's the point of even going to the conference tournament situation to where now, you know, if, if they're able to end their game, winning or end the, the regular season, three or four wins, winning three out of four, uh, you know, suddenly, you know, you're, you're starting to have some, some momentum and some confidence going into that thing where, I mean, a, a couple of years ago, Johnny Trueblood was seeing extensive minutes and they knocked off Maryland and Rutgers and almost beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten tournament. So literally you're in a situation where anything can already happen. But when you have a team playing with confidence and a little bit of swagger, that's believing in themselves for the first time in a long time. Uh, you know, who, who knows? It'll be interesting. And what I like about this stretch, Robin, is Nebraska's used to playing on little to no prep time. And mm-hmm. um, so this role that they're going to be on and run going into the Big Ten tournament, if they were to win a game, I mean, I don't think it would be a big de- a big transition to have to play the next day because these guys have been tested more than anybody in the country. I mean, I don't know if that's a fact, but I have a hard time believing anybody has played more basketball in the last month in Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, like I said. They, they've, you can't. Yeah, 12 games in 24 days uh, in that Rutgers game. So uh, show me a team that's played that many, that type of schedule. I mean, there's NBA teams that haven't played that many. Uh, Three and, games a week, pretty much, yeah, right? And so, and they've already played back-to-back nights on the road. And so, I mean, this is kind of par for the course for them over the last month or so. And that could be an advantage. I mean, obviously, they're going to be rolling into that thing with about as tired legs as you can imagine. But uh, from the experience of going through this, there's some teams that have had kind of their normal routine uh, schedule, whereas Nebraska has been you know, accustomed to literally learning who they're going to play uh, less than a week in advance for the last th- three or four weeks. Yeah, it's interesting just the amount of games. And, I mean, not a lot of teams I don't think would have taken this on. But I think, Robin, when you look at the win against Rutgers particularly, and even the Minnesota game, it reminded you that there are a lot of pieces on this team that we just didn't get to see because of the way the offense flowed with Teddy Allen. But once Teddy Allen left, all of a sudden you're like, God, I forgot Thor was actually not bad. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, um, Walker, you you know, you heard a lot about him coming in, but he can cut and move to the basket. You see the potential with Andre and, and, and what he's going to be. And, you know, I, guys like McGowan's and Banton go into bigger roles now without Teddy Allen. But it's been fun to see just so many other parts of this thing come out that, Obviously, we almost forgot about with the way they had played with Teddy Allen. Yeah, and, you know, it wasn't just Teddy. I mean, for, for some reason, guys forgot how to shoot a basketball, couldn't make a free throw, couldn't make a layup, and it just looked like uh, they were new to the sport in some of those games where, uh, I mean, so Teddy, at, at, in many games, was the only one capable of putting the ball through the basket. So uh, I don't want to sit there and completely just bash on Teddy, but clearly – removing him from the equation has forced other guys to step up. And earlier this week, Trey McGowan said the same thing where, um, you know, he was asked just kind of what that, that departure meant for everyone else. And he said, you know, it kind of just made, gave us no choice that, uh, you know, us leaders have to step up. And I would point to Trey as probably the one player that has elevated his role more than anyone else. I mean, Thor obviously is playing the best basketball of his career. Kobe Webster has been playing really well, started the past few games, but, 
this is Trey McGowan's team now. I mean, he is the captain, you know, with uh, Teddy moving on, with Delano Banton getting uh, removed from the starting lineup. I mean, he's the alpha right now. He's your, now your primary point guard. I am the captain. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly that. <laughs> and he's playing, you know, like the player Nebraska recruited him to be. And, you know, when he got here, he didn't want to play point guard. He wanted to be a, a, a two guard that, you know, could score a lot of points because he was frustrated with uh, Pittsburgh's offense. You know, it just there was no – flow or chemistry or tempo or anything like that so he didn't think his offensive skill set was being utilized the way it should have been uh well now he's kind of back being a point guard and uh he's playing the best basketball yet i mean that game against Rutgers was one of the most uh in command efficient performances he had 12 points four or five shooting five assists and one turnover it reminded you why hoiberg coached chicago bulls i, I think you almost forget like this is a guy that Took Iowa State to multiple Sweet 16s, and he was the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. Took him to the playoffs, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, if, if, he was a Rajon uh, Rondo uh, thumb injury away from potentially making a run to the NBA Finals. And, you know, you, you forget, like, this guy knows what he's doing. Um, and, you know, a year from now, Robin, do you think when Bryce McGowan gets here and other parts kind of emerge, are we going to look at back at this Teddy Allen era as he was just a one-year rent-a-score where they, they had him as a guy that they – could rely on for a solid 15 to 20, but obviously that he was not going to be the long-term guy. Yeah. And you know, again, they, they knew what they were getting with him and in, in some ways it paid off and in a lot of other ways it didn't. Uh, but he was clearly not one of those foundation pieces that was going to lead this program to the next step where, you know, Trey is one of those guys. Uh, you know, Derek Walker is one of the guys. Eduardo Andre now is looking like a really intriguing piece to build around for the future. And so, you know, you pair that with with Bryce McGowan's and Wilhelm Breidenbach. And, you know, I think they've got uh, a really interesting foundation that's already in place that they're going to supplement next year. And for the first time, they're not going to be a completely new team. They're going to be a seasoned group of seniors that have played a lot of Big Ten basketball, faced a ton of adversity, both uh, in, in on the court and with all the COVID stuff. And I think that's going. This is all going to make them better in theory, especially with the way they've responded to it and are now playing, uh, you know, like a unified, cohesive team. Really, since uh, the first time Fred's got here. All right, guys, we are about almost three weeks away from the start of spring ball and we're going to start our conversation with some positional preview talk when we come back we're going to talk quarterback here going into spring ball and our thoughts on that position you're listening here to the husker online show